and welcome to another episode of Full Blooded Podcast. My name is Mr. X, but you can call me Leo. Today in the Podcast Mobile Lounge, we have a special guest. He is not only a really funny guy when you see him on the dance floor, but he's extremely cordial, which is what got my attention because from one dance instructor to another, sometimes we're trying to protect our clients from not getting hit by the barrage of other social dancers. And I bumped into David and his client, a student, and he said, you bump into some of the nicest people in here. And as he said that, I thought, wow, that's a great take on it. Usually, I would curse the guy inside my head. Now, outside, it says something else. But in the inside, I'm like, oh, I'm so tired of 25 years of bumping into people. But he was just so nice. Then I found out he's also got a left brain. He's a heck of a computer guy. Please welcome to the Full Blooded Podcast, Mr. David Duval. Hello. Thanks for, thanks for the warm welcome, Leo. <laughs> tell tell our, our listeners a little bit about yourself. Okay, uh, well, I've been in Orange County for maybe four or five years now. And, yeah, I first ran into Leo uh, maybe uh, almost near, at the beginning. And, uh, and we, we both go to uh, a studio, uh, Atomic Ballroom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I ha- as you said, I'm in the software business. And when I started dancing more, part of the motivation behind that was because I had a software company that uh, I'm trying to think of the best word to describe something that totally bombed. <laughs> but uh, I went. Uh, you know, I, I had a couple of those. I called it a business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So I had a I had a software company that that was doing very very well, and then Google decided that they wanted to make a little change, and then it didn't do so well. So, so uh, over the last four years, I definitely took advantage of the time that I didn't have to spend with that business, and have been wor- working on developing myself in different ways, and and uh, among other things, uh, I've been working on studying languages. So. Uh, I, I have no trouble speaking in Chinese now. Really? You, you've been learning how to speak Chinese? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. How long have you been doing that? Uh, about three and a half years, yeah. And were you taking like a, a course at college in the evening, or how, how were you studying it? Well, I just studied myself, because there's so many tools online now. You, you don't have to, uh, you don't need a teacher. I mean, it, so you can learn as you go, and you can figure out your own plan to, to, to study. And of course, there's so many Chinese people in in Southern California, so especially here in Irvine, yeah, yeah, in Irvine. So, so yeah, I, I uh, I've I've been teaching online uh, English uh, like little kids, and it's been kind of fun. And um, so I I've also met some very wealthy Chinese people who uh, are interested in starting a business with me because they think I'm very interesting. Because it's not too often that you run into uh, I I'm trying trying to say. A Caucasian person is that the best word? Yeah, I I, I came from LA, so we use white, black, brown. But yeah, okay, you can. Yeah. You're from Orange County, I guess, so you use different yeah. terms well, here. I tried to tell my mother the other day. It, it kind of came out wrong. It was very politically incorrect, but not too bad. I said, I went, I attended a Vietnamese uh, function, and I said, but they're not all Vietnamese. There's also normal people. <laughs> and I'm like, no, mother, that's not what I mean. I'm just I'm trying to say. You caught you caught yourself. They're not. They're not. They're, there's they appear some people appear Vietnamese and some people appear are not Vietnamese maybe not Chinese Vietnamese, yeah but, yes. but normal was not the back yeah. of the word but but my mother's from Georgia and I was just trying to get it understand <laughs> because I don't think she sees quite so many different cultures in in Georgia you know you, you know you, you said three interesting things before I forget let me just mm-hmm. see if, if we're if I'm correct so far you said that you're trying to do things to improve or better yourself certain mm-hmm. things the way you phrased it I it really caught caught my ear and you also said that you uh, have been doing very well with learning Chinese and I was about to ask you on that on that fact why did you choose Chinese but you're right there are a lot of out of all the Asian cultures that are prolific in taking or doing business taking private lessons coaching being really involved in the ballroom dance circuit here in Orange County the majority would be if not European Chinese it seems to me Uh, just like golf Right, you got a lot of these golf courses. Really? Well, yeah, I've had, and a majority of the members there are Asian mm-hmm. or Chinese. Right. Um, but I guess it depends really where you go. I mean, if you go to Hawaii, a majority of the Asian influence there would be uh, Korean and Japanese, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on on actually which which season you go. But mm-hmm. uh, 
here it's really easy in Southern California to be in a melting pot of all kinds of other culture too. Like there's a the Filipino, there's the Vietnamese, yeah. and there's the Japanese, and once in a while you run into Thai. But everybody's doing salsa dancing and Cuban dancing and English dancing, so it's it's really yeah. nice and comfortable here. But then you go somewhere like Georgia, and I guess it's not like that. Uh, well, uh, I think that let's see in Georgia. Definitely, they have other cultures, but just not not to the extent that we have here in California. And um, I I don't know. I, I really have enjoyed being here in California. I feel like there's just a, a, a richness of culture. Uh, in Georgia, I would say that you know some of the people that I encountered had some trouble in their in their lives and uh, maybe were a little less emotionally stable. Um, maybe like you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, those rumors are only half true. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but, but no, seriously, there's some people had some serious problems in there in Georgia and, and some sad stories sometimes. And, and here, you know, I, I just, people's stories are a little better, you know. <laughs> Why? Well, is, there, is there more money here than Georgia? That probably has something to do that, with it. Yeah. I'm sure that has a lot to do with it, yeah. <laughs> uh, what... So why uh, is there? Are you on some journey to better yourself? That you just recently come up with that idea and some sort of oh, well, yoga well, mantra? I mean, where where's that coming from? Well, I, I I should also say I also own um, well going on three software companies now. So the 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 other software company that I used to do is gone, and now I have dance related software. Uh, it, it manages um, dance studios. So if you're the owner or the manager of a dance studio and you want to manage all your students and schedules, uh, you know, scheduling students, taking uh, allowing people to sign up online for private lessons or group classes. Um, What's the name of that software? Uh, dance Studio Manager. Yeah, and uh, DanceStudioManager.com. And when did you when did you create that, or when did you put that on the market? Well, actually, I started it at the uh, the at a studio in Marietta, Georgia. Um, I, I um, the owner needed something to help manage their students, and then one thing led to another, and over the years we've developed it. And actually, we have a lot more clients who do ballet, tap, and jazz. And we have, uh, I think, as of today, approximately 110 studios who pay a monthly subscription. Uh, to, to, to use our software and uh, recently we have started to partner with two new um, people uh, to start two new companies and the, the, the first one is uh, someone who's known in the ballroom world pretty well that, um, especially if you're on the east coast there's an organization called um, National Dance Clubs uh, in D.C. and uh, they have about six locations and we're partnering with a lady named Nancy McCaskill uh, to create a software product, uh, it's it's actually done, and we're going to bring it to market in March, uh, and and that one's more geared toward the private lessons, especially with the programs and packages, you know, like the typical chain studio. Did you just grow up as a kid interested in science or interested in computers, or how did how did you mm-hmm. develop that side of, of yourself? I mean, you're obviously oh. doing well with it to start these little companies. Oh uh, well. Uh, I'll have to tell you, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not a programmer. Um, I, I can look at code and maybe tell you a little bit about it, but I would not say that I know how to do that. I think mostly it's because I meet people and then I find ways to work together with other people, you know, and then that way you can develop, you know, relationships over time that grow. So are you saying you just put a team together to get this task mm-hmm. done? Yeah. So you so, actually so you hire programmers? Pro- yeah, most of my programmers are based in in Ukraine. So, so I, I started working with them back in 2004, uh, and, um, you know, we've added some people since then, but yeah. yeah. So what'd you go to college for then? I'm curious. Uh, I didn't finish college. Oh, here I thought that you must have gone there and done programming, and yeah. I mean, the way, the way you conduct yourself, and every time the way you express yourself, and the way you communicate, I thought, man, this guy's not from Orange County. He's really nice. Oh, <laughs> he's. You said he is from. He's not from Orange County. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh, oh. he's really nice. So, how does being from Orange County and being nice? How do those two things go together? Can Can I interview back about you? Back sure. About I I think most people in Orange County aren't nice. I think most oh. people in Orange County are polite. Yeah, they're yes. super polite and they're super concerned with everybody else being polite. And I think that's great when you're looking to invest in property. And everybody knows that whether you start a business here in Orange County or you buy a home or property, um, you know, that's that's what it's for. It's not like we're all going to sing Kumbaya here and go to everybody's block party. There's no block parties here. You know, people have to outsource um, their kids when it comes to learning 
uh, instruction for their kids when it comes to learning uh, courtesy or mm-hmm. etiquette. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that used to be taught. Now, the way people drive or the way they stand in line yeah. um, and they cut you off, it's like they're playing poker with you. Now, they're letting you know, well, I made the move first. Now, what are you going to do about it? Most of us yeah. are courteous or polite, uh-huh, uh-huh. right? So, um, that's what I mean. Okay. By the difference between yeah. being nice and, yeah, and being... Say, like, people from the South are kind of nice. Like, I went to Arlington, Texas. Mm-hmm. And that's the beginning, I, I would guess, starting to enter the second part of the United States, the southern part. Mm-hmm. But I went to Arlington, Texas to visit my daughter, and I couldn't believe how nice... Not polite. How I'm not sure if they were polite or not, but I couldn't believe how nice they were when I went to visit my uh, daughter there. We went into like, this bar that she used to work at. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I, I just feel like people were really nice, meaning they're talking to you, they're smiling, they're not going to BS you, you know, they're not going to ask, uh, you know, so where do you work? Uh, they're not going to ask anything personal mm-hmm. about you. They just kind of let it happen, kind of let it flow. And I think those kind of areas have a bar-like attitude. And whenever you go into a bar, especially a local bar, it feels like a sense of, this is the community you're kind of from, this is the people you're, these are the people you're hanging out with. Yeah. But here in Orange County, you don't have those sort of things. You have some local dive bars but those are the guys that you don't know. The rest of Orange County wants. Well, that, I definitely, you know what I mean. I definitely. I feel like there's a there's a financial segregation here. When I first came to Orange County, uh, I definitely found that when you ran into people, you could have a, a pretty good conversation with them. They were they weren't closed off to you. So in that in that sense, it's very easy to talk to people in Orange County. Uh, but when it comes to establishing a more longer term friendship. Uh, People don't really have time for you, you know. Uh, they, 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 and I, and I guess part of the reason for that is there's just so many more opportunities to make connections with people in Orange County because there's so many successful people in different areas. So it's easy for people to just leave you right behind if you're not part of their plan. So so, but you can also take advantage of that and just meet a lot more people, and then the that what point one percent that you run into that actually you know you can create something quite meaningful it's just a matter i think of just running into the right person and that can take a lot of work because people don't have time for you you know <laughs> yeah i i'm not sure if i went to doing a lot of work and it can yeah, take yeah. a lot of time but i do i will say this there have been some nice people there's an exception to everywhere and i'm not saying orange county should be nice i think it's awesome yeah. the way it is because most of us didn't move here i think to pay these overinflated prices for a home 1.3 yeah. million for something you can buy for 250k in yeah. Las Vegas, it's just ridiculous what they're charging over here. But most most people here, while they're polite or not, I think they are, and I think the variety of culture is awesome. But what I do like is once in a while when you get to meet somebody who's super super nice, like they're a genuine person. Mm-hmm. Case an example is Joe and Tilly Nuzo. I've known them mm-hmm. for over twenty two years, and uh, you know he was raised in Alhambra, an Italian, in the fifties, with an Italian uh, British family, and Tilly was raised in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So they're not from Orange County. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. Nice yeah, but, uh, you know, I, I think this is why ballroom dancing in this particular case is so special to me because I got to meet you through it. I got to meet Doreen, who runs mm-hmm. Atomic Party, through it. I got to meet Joe and Tilly through it. I got to meet a lot of people through it. Most of them will say nice things about me. Some may not, but, you know, thus, thus the, the be, being a, a local celebrity. And what that I mean is, you know, I have a... Of, uh, a lot of interest, and so I get involved in a lot of parties and a lot of events. Yeah. And after 25 years, you're gonna know a lot of people. It's 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 very normal, you know. When you're a dance teacher, um, it's kind of funny, really. But you know, say you go out a, on a date with one girl, it's the equivalent of going out on a date with 10 girls to people. You know, they, they they're gonna talk. <laughs> so and the and the, and the the world yeah. in which we're talking, there's a very small little community, yeah. so it gets around <laughs> so fast. So it's it's like yeah, if you go out with one girl, then that means you're sleeping with all these different girls or whatever, you know. And that's 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 kind of funny how that is, how people are. It, it's not just in Orange County though; it, it's everywhere, you know. But uh, I think what's most important is just that over a period of time, as as long as you keep yourself, what do you call it, uh, your nose clean, <laughs> you know, you people will come to respect you, you know. <laughs> and and actually, when when I I've 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 asked questions about you. Oh, you have? other places. Like, what do you think of this guy, Leo? Oh, you must have got a variety. You must have got a variety of answers, I can tell you that. Well, that's true. That's true. But oh, but overall, overall, um, I found people said, well, he, he used to have a, a dance studio uh, in the past, and, and he probably, you know, so many people 
uh, he taught so many people or they went through his studio and he and people uh, like him and then I see that people who have danced in Orange County for many years generally speaking say good things about you <laughs> so <laughs> there was a couple of yeah. uh, suspicious pauses in that uh, statement oh, there but hey no, no, I, don't have to, I don't have to mince words too much but, but you know I, I, I'm not going to ask you uh, too many questions about your personal life that you don't offer offer to me you know <laughs> you know that's interesting yeah, you said yeah. that because I think uh, entertainers will use a lot of their personal life yes. especially the bad part as mm-hmm. uh, as lubrication for the machine mm-hmm. you know how to tell jokes and how to entertain that's others because yeah. that's the kind of where I think life is funny is in your screw-ups. Yeah, let's see. Um, so I'll, maybe I'll, I'll share a story that I think is pretty entertaining but also pretty crazy. Um, when I was about 18, um, I I was 18. and I, <laughs> Okay, that's that's good to know. When you, <laughs> you know, you know I, I'm not going to say too much about my, my parents, uh, but, you know, they... Where it came up during the Vietnam area, my stepfather went to Vietnam. Really, and 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 uh, I, I um, I did I did drugs. You know, I did I I, uh, I smoked marijuana especially, which back back then it was not legal. Yeah, back then it was kind of like I mean, right now you see celebrities doing it yeah. live on the air, like YouTube, when Joe Rogan interviewed yeah. Elon Musk. They're drinking whiskey, they're smoking a joint. Now it's kind of the norm on the West Coast, but back then, man, yeah. that was a huge taboo. I did, you know, I did, I did LSD. And I okay, really now we got to get out of the car. That's just too much. <laughs> but, but I don't, I don't know. And, and I thought it was very interesting, you know, because it causes you to hallucinate and, and so forth. But, but anyways, you know, my parents thought that, you know, look, if we just keep taking care of you at home, you're not going to get anywhere. So basically they told me, you got to go. When you were eighteen, yep. you got to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. They 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 bought two new cars. Didn't pay for my college, and I'm on my own. <laughs> my, now my mother would bring me groceries and things like that uh, sometimes because I I, got, I found a place. But you know I kind of waited till the last minute to find a place, and I found a place with uh, these this couple. They they worked at a, a factory where they make uh, modems. Uh, it was called Hayes Microcomputers. It was. The you first, still remember? It was the first modems uh, for computers. I, really? I I actually helped assemble the the modems. Yeah. Uh, we, that was back when we actually had uh, assembly lines with, where we had American workers making electronic parts. <laughs> we don't have that now, right? Oh, no. Yeah, so I, ma- I made modems, and it was because the couple that I moved in with helped me get the job. And they weren't the most sightly folks, honestly. And, um, you know, I, I got home one day. Uh, maybe I'd known them for, um, I don't know, a few months. And all the stuff was gone. And there was a note on their door. And and totally seriously here, the mother of one of them, they, they wrote, she has left us a double-wide trailer, and it's a great opportunity, and I'm sorry, we have to go. So they literally left our apartment for a double-wide trailer. <laughs> and I and I have, I have no roommate. I don't know who the landlord is, because I was paying them only $250 a month. And uh, I, I don't know what to do. So, so I, I figured out who the landlord was. And then he said, he said, okay, you can pay instead of 500 which it normally is the rent, you can pay 250 this month, but you better find somebody, you know. So, you know, now I had the whole apartment to myself, and I brought my friends over, and we, we, would, we would smoke marijuana and party. <laughs> and I didn't bother trying to look for a roommate until, like, the last week. It sounds like this is yeah. a theme with you. Wait to the last minute. <laughs> yeah. No, no wonder you're like the rest of us dancers. We just went yeah. to the last minute. Go ahead. Yeah, and and, and then <laughs> to the last week, and I put an ad in the newspaper, and basically the first person to pull up, it was this man. You know, I'm only like 18, right? And this man pulls up in a van. He's probably in his mid 40s or something, kind of rough c- cut from New York. It's like a brown van, old, and and you know he pulls up. And he asked me, you know, so so what, what do you think? And and I'm like, uh, well, it's two fifty a month. And he goes, okay. And I and I like, I I didn't have time to think about maybe I should interview this guy and see if he's okay. <laughs> so so I'm like, so I kind of didn't know what to say. And I'm like, okay. And he already had crates in his van. <laughs> so he's immediately bringing the crates into, into the apartment. <laughs> and then within like a day, he's put. I don't know how this could get any better. He, he's he's put a padlock on his door, like like uh, literally with a key. You know, I I don't know if you've ever had a roommate where they wanted to lock their door like that. That was very strange. So I told him, I said, you know, hey, look, you know, 
if we're going to be roommates, we need to be able to trust each other. I'm not going to be going into your room, and I also I respect you won't be going into my room. But you don't need to do a padlock. And he's like, it's staying. <laughs> and then there's like another incident where like, where like he left some butter on the on the on the counter of the kitchen, and I I've, I'm always one where you know I put the butter in the refrigerator. I don't know what do you do? It makes a mess if you leave it out there. Bugs get on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's called when you finish putting when you when you finish using something, put it back. That's... Apparently, you can leave the butter out and it won't go bad. I didn't know that. Yeah, see, I thought that was weird, but he left it. So I, I I confronted him about that. I'm like, you know, you know, what's the deal with the butter? Shouldn't we put it in the refrigerator? And he's like. I don't remember exactly. It stands. Yeah, it was something to that effect. Yeah, the butter is going to stay, you know. <laughs> and then I'm just starting to think, you know, I'll ask him, you know. So, did you, your roommate before, did, you know, um, what was the deal with him? <laughs> and he's like, oh, he kept hitting me. We got we got in fights and he he would attack me. And, <laughs> and I'm like, hmm. I'm, I'm, <laughs> you're 18. You're 18 this whole time. <laughs> so, so then one night, okay, I'll bring this story together pretty, pretty good here. One night, um, I had been delivering pizzas, and the guy that was the owner of the pizza place said, "Hey, I've got a, you know, we've got a four wheeler. I'm going to come pick you up, and we're going to go four wheeling in the snow. It doesn't rain, uh, snow too much in in Atlanta, so I thought that'll be cool. So, I'm." I'm in the living room and my roommate's back in the bedroom. I don't know what doing what, and and I I put the headphones on and they're connected to, to a jack to the stereo, and I'm just like kind of dancing, listening to some Led Zeppelin, and every once in a while I'll look over to see if the guy's gonna pull up in the four wheeler to pick me up, but at one point, he, uh, the the jack, comes out of the out of the stereo, <laughs> and the stereo is on at full blast for just a couple seconds. But you the, unplug, you unplug but, and you pull it out. But the roommate, the roommate comes out of his room, and he's just standing in some old, dirty white underwear. That's all he's got on, all hairy, oh. beard. Oh. And he points at me, and he says, "You've been tainting my food," and runs and jumps on me, and I, I'm pinned against the ground. He's got his hand on my neck. And and seriously, I pissed in my pants. I literally pissed in my pants. Oh my god! And he's he's got his finger in my face. He's got his hand around my neck. And he's like, I know about the orange juice. And I'm like, I swear to God, I swear to God, it was, I didn't I didn't taint your food, man. And I'm like, we'll call somebody, you know. We'll get it checked, you know. I didn't do it. And then and then he just says, okay. And he goes oh. back to the room. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Dude, this is uh, living with a crazy oh, uh, uh, roommate from hell. Well, how did it end? So did I guess my, my friends and the four-wheeler picked me up, and I'm, I pissed myself, you know. <laughs> that's the only time that's ever happened to me. But I, I don't know. If you can imagine me in that situation, you might do it, too. <laughs> what, how, what broke up? Did he move on? Well, to no, you? My, I guess my stepfather went over there and had a talk with him. And just said, you got to go, bro. And then I ended up leaving that place and I think went back to my parents for a little while and then found another place. So you're originally from Georgia? Yes. Well, I was born in Florida, but yes, pretty much, yeah. That's where you were raised? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And and this ballroom thing that you're doing, that's just something you do on the side? That's something because you're, you're uh, a hobbyist? So, so uh, you know, probably what got me out of the doing the drugs and stuff was I found dancing. And maybe uh, maybe by around age 23, I started dancing. And, um, you know, at one point I even lived in the back of a dance studio and, um, I would work on the computer till late at night and I'd sleep till 12 or two in the afternoon, but cause I stayed up till seven on the computer and I learned about the internet back in what, 99 or so. And, uh, wow, that's, that's really interesting story. Yeah. How did you convince them to make that happen? Can, oh, uh, well, the, I think the, the, the owner of the studio was really wanted me to be there more. And instead of working other places, so um, somehow me and, a, and another teacher, we both we both had separate rooms, and we were in the back. We, there was like some extra space in the back, so we both stayed there for a while. And you know, I, I taught full time for a while, uh, but I wouldn't say I would say mostly dancing has been um, something that I did in addition to some other ways of making money. Mm -hmm. So, so it's so it's it's something you really want to do, but it's not something that you would ever want to do full time right now. Well, I mean, um, no, no. I think I think that it's difficult. I'm not interested in the type of business model 
where every hour you work is how you get paid. Because then if, you're, if your body aches or, you know, you, whatever happens where you can't teach, then you're just out income. So, you know, that's why I started some businesses where, you know, it's based on the subscription model where I have money coming in no matter whether I'm working or not. As long as I can pick up the phone or type an email, I'm still making money, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, you, so when you dance, uh, you, you burn a lot of calories. Like, you, yeah, you, 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 job, you, yeah. you, you really move. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I like to do the same thing, but my biggest reason is because I don't go to the gym. Mm. I don't exercise. I, I don't work out. I don't believe in that. I'm just not geared to do that. I, mm. I, I like uh, doing activities. Yeah. And uh, me and my son, one of our biggest activities is going to the parks. So there's a lot of walking and throwing the football around and walking the dog or, or dog beach. And, but also, unfortunately, our other activity that we love is video games. We play online with each other a lot. And mm. that's a lot of sitting. Yes. Right, and uh, and I play poker a lot, and that's a lot of sitting. Mm-hmm. So when I get a chance to go to a party, I'm looking to dance as hard as I can because I really want to work out. I'll bring t-shirts because I get the first mm-hmm. one soaked. Mm-hmm. But uh, but do you do other physical activities, or or do you just well, like moving a lot on the dance floor? Well, I would I would say uh, you know I've had some trouble with my lower back a little bit, and a little bit of trouble recently with my foot. So and I, I've just found that um, maybe as I've aged. Um, it's important that I do some other types of exercises to, to balance things out. So, like, I do some yoga. Um, you do yoga? Yeah, actually, I, I, because I study Chinese, I do Chinese yoga videos. Wow. <laughs> that way I can get more practice listening awesome. to the Chinese. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so, so you just kind of go, you go through life just kind of... Um, Networking and kind of what you want to do next is what you focus on. I mean, doesn't uh, see. I mean, what where's the structure in your in your life plan here? Oh, um, well, definitely when when it came to starting the dance studio manager software, you know, when the other company kind of crashed or whatever what was it five six years ago now, um, my wife and I worked very hard to um, get those first customers. I mean, we sat. This might be why my lower back hurts. So we sat in front of the computer. Um, just typing emails, looking on Google Maps, finding dance studios, calling them, emailing them, trying to get them to sign up. And, you know, we had, we lost money for two years, but we worked really hard. Um, so I think maybe part of the entrepreneurial spirit, I think I read it in one of those millionaire books. I'm not a millionaire, but the, you know, millionaire books is that, you know, you see what you want and you're willing to put the work in knowing that in the future you won't have to. You know, so that's so we saw we got a, a plan of that we can sign up. If we ask the same question enough times, people will spend money with us, and the, and we will you know be able to get a subscription every month from a lot of people, and then we won't have to work so much. So now that we've reached that stage, we don't have to work so much. That's awesome. And you were saying earlier that you also do a lot of swimming. Oh yeah, well it's it's just an aside. Yeah, I I I live in a nice apartment complex with a good pool, so when things are slow, I'll definitely do. A 20 laps or something, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I like swimming, too. I, I miss it. I used to go to the beach, like, I don't know, almost all the time every summer with the kids. And then the kids grew up, and then they kind of left the mm-hmm. the nest, and now there's nobody to go swimming with, too. I'm hoping to get my 11-year-old into, my last kid, into, uh, you know, boogie boarding so we can get back in the water. But especially here being in Orange County because we're so close to the water. Yeah. Um, so what what are your uh, plans? I see you at Atomic. haven't seen you in a while. I guess mm-hmm. you were, you've been uh, battling a foot injury? That's true. Yeah, yeah. I guess the ball of my right foot has uh, some kind of an issue where the day after dancing, it's, it's sore. And um, before, it would even, while I was dancing, it was sore. So... It would just be where I didn't enjoy, you know, dancing or I didn't enjoy the consequences of dancing. So uh, I definitely have gotten back into it in the last uh, month or so, but I'm still just easing in. And, you know, I, I think, you know, going forward, I've, I've got a lot of interesting things going, in my li- going on in my life um, that where I'll dance a few hours a week, but I don't want to make it my, you know, like I said, too much of my life either. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I joined the Chinese men's choir Okay, hold on. Are you are you are you singing Chinese now? Yep, yep. <laughs> oh, you gotta tell me about this. Yeah. Oh, so so uh, so I read. I met this uh, w- through one of my students. I met a, a wealthy uh, man named Mister Yu, and he owns a, a Sichuan restaurant. And um, he started inviting me to come every week, and I, I eat um, Sichuan cuisine every f- Saturday uh, for free. 
and uh, he likes talking to you. Yeah, well, he, I don't know what it is. He he he's the type of person. He's very wealthy, so he tries to organize his group of friends. And the restaurant is just his fun place. So he brings all his friends to the restaurant, and 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 we all talk. Sometimes he's there, sometimes he's not. But I guess part of the the organization of having of of I guess being wealthy in the Chinese community is you organize your friends so that his restaurant is his entertaining place. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very interesting. And they, all, they speak only in Chinese or mostly in Chinese. So I have so that's to, good for you. Get to practice. I try to adapt to, you know, to, to understand. I don't know. I always understand everything, but I get, I'm getting better and better. Um, so, and then, uh, soon after that, he invited me to start, uh, being in the Chinese men's choir. So I've, I've been going to that for a month or two now. And uh, I guess later in the year we'll be doing some performances, and uh, you know, I'm the, obviously I'm the only normal person. No, <laughs> okay, okay, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I I would have never looked at you and said, "Oh, you see the guy right there over there, the normal-looking one? Yeah, he's gonna sing Chinese pretty yeah. soon, dude. That's incredible." No, I'm, I'm looking forward to you know, as as we're as we're walking in, you know, to to do the performance, people are gonna look at me and go. Check out that, you know. <laughs> Check out that guy. Yeah. Wow. I can't, what does your wife think about you going through these interesting adventures with people? I, I, I think she she has, has gotten used to that I'm just going to do some things that are not the same as everybody else. <laughs> when you were a kid, did you have the same type of spirit where you were just kind of... Because you almost sound to me like part hippie and also part entrepreneur or part doer. Because mm -hmm. I, I hear you and see you doing a lot of things. But, I mean, where does this come from? This It seems like it's a kind of a... I mean, I'd say, I'd say I, I kind of got a late start in life because, you know, yeah, as a kid, I had a lot of stuff, you know, with my stepfather and my, my father was uh, a drug addict and he was a transient and I could tell you stories about him too, but he, he uh, was very crazy, you know, and, uh, and uh, we had to hide from him and stuff like that. So when I was in high school, I would say I was sort of like what he called the geek or the kid that got made fun of and I just probably because my parents argued all the time and you know it was just I wasn't very socially adept you know really because right now you're such a great social guy and yeah. now you're finding your way into wealthy men's heart and now you're part of his choir yeah. uh, but I mean back then you weren't really well I think I think because I, I felt like I got up to a late start I, I didn't finish college and you know things like that maybe I just felt that I needed to to work harder to catch up maybe you know so I've always felt like I'm trying to catch up <laughs> you know and I think maybe I've caught up now hopefully <laughs> and and uh, when you're involved in all these social uh, experience experiments what is your wife doing is she like studying something else or does she have her own quiet hobby she'd rather enjoy you know, in solitude yeah you know my wife is is not quite uh the social uh person that I am but you know she she enjoys doing some activities with me um but uh she she we have uh, cats and she likes to spend time with our cats. She plays guitar. Does she, she really? She's a musician. Yeah, she's been studying guitar for about two years now, and then she also um, uh, studies French and does uh, yoga and so forth. You know, I'll say one thing about the, that's interesting because you know, when when so this is something about dancing that always interested me. You know, sometimes uh, I would hear couples who were maybe professional uh, competing together they stop dancing and people are like, oh my God, what happened? Yeah. Are they still, you know, together? Yeah. You know, and, um, but, but then I would talk to some of those dancers and they say, oh, it's been the best since I retired. <laughs> and, and I never really understood that, you know, and, um, but, he, you know, they, yeah. he's the one that said that, not her, right? She's the one that, no, 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 no. they no, both they said both that. Agree. No, I mean, because, because, um, you know, I, I think you, you're so linked in such a way that it's that you don't have your own personal identity. You know, so when you're when you're just always defined as you, you being a dance couple. You know, my wife and I competed for you know ten years or so, and we we flew all over the place, got coaching, and you know we were that's how we were known. And you know, I guess when my wife met me, I was her dance teacher. I owned a software company, and you know, in a lot of ways, maybe she didn't quite have the independence. She was sort of in a way under me. You know, and I never liked that, honestly. And, I, you know, I used to hear... Really? Well, I used to hear, you know... You know, one thing that I don't like about dancing, it's kind of set up in the system, but maybe it's getting better, but the man is the leader, and the woman is the follower, and, and, and you go back, you know, 20, 30, 50 years, it's like the man is in charge of everything. And the woman, who is she? Well, she just follows. 
you know. So I never liked that idea, and and you know, I and here I was being that very person that was in charge of leading, and also running the business, and you know. So in a way, I I think maybe that was a, there was that created some friction with my wife, is that just that she needed to go out and do her own individual things that were separate, where she's not just following me. And now, like I say, she plays guitar, does the the French, um, and she's developed her own hobbies. And she, I think, she's a lot happier. You know, yeah. would do, would you guys would you say you have a a best friend relationship with her or a very absolutely yes. really? Yeah, we're, some we're, people are family, mm-hmm. and some people are best friends. Well, we don't have children, so so and actually, I love that too. <laughs> but uh, but you know, we get, that's part of uh, maybe kind of feeling like we got started late in life, both of us. You know, let's not do that. Let's let's just go on and do things in our life you know yeah I, I was talking to joe and he was telling me you know he's been married for like 54 years or something like long time and mm-hmm. you know he's got a really interesting story how he, he met tilly but couples don't stay married that long anymore mm-hmm. you know 50 percent maybe even i'd say 68 percent yeah uh here in southern california you're gonna get a divorce maybe twice yeah, yeah, and um, and I'm not sure if that's such a bad thing, you know. Maybe that's a reflection yeah, yeah. of of doing things the old-fashioned way, and you know, we need a new-fashioned update because mm-hmm. life here is much more mobile, or yeah. there's more migration going on. And if not in our own physical roads here, uh, or in our own physical cities, but even if you're on the internet, constantly talking to people from you know all over the United States or all around the world, things are just a lot different, and I'm not sure if the the old marriage model is still the best well, marriage yeah, model. I, th- I think just you know each person has to decide for themselves, and and most important is just that you're mentally healthy, and you know you don't feel like you're in a situation that you can't escape. You know sometimes people get in that situation. You know just equally, you know sometimes um, I think someone can be so addicted to getting into new relationships that they can never break that cycle. So the opposite can also hold true, you know. While, you know, while sometimes people are in a very bad relationship and they, they can't get out of that. So, you know, I, th- I think it's just each person has to think about it and in in, in be able to look at themselves from the outside and look in and say, what, you know. Let me put devil's advocate. What would be worse? Mm-hmm. Uh, you said this, you were describing a person who likes to get into, rela- uh, mm-hmm. how did you say it? Oh, uh, just yeah, Getting into new relationships? Addicted to... Always getting into a new relationship. One after okay, the other, you know. so you have a guy over here who's addicted to getting into new relationships. Some people call that dating, social yeah, dating, yeah, yeah. or planting your seed or f- yeah. frolicking in the forest or whatever you want to call it. And then you have other people that are addicted to like shopping or yeah. addicted to um, food. Well, I'm just saying like... But I mean, do you see a difference in those addictions or do you think one's worse than the no, other? No, no, no. Because in this case, we're talking about human relationships. Yes. And uh, if you're always creating new relationships, uh, it can be, you know, that can be problematic in the sense that you ne- you don't, because a lot of the great things that can come in life can be a result of growing together. So if you keep cutting one off and starting the new one, you, you can lack that. And, and I, I, but then again, yeah, I always have to be careful to overgeneralize. Maybe in some situations that may be the best thing for somebody or they need to keep looking until they do find what they're looking for. You know, I I love where I'm at. I love my wife, and you know we we spend a lot of time together, and I'm happy. Um, but just the same, you know, um, I have a lot of freedom in our relationship. You know, I, I like like in dancing, I can go dance with girls and dance, do some sexy moves, and you know, of course, and, and the, go to I, men's Chinese choir practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, I, I mean, and I go, but I go home back home to my wife, and sure. I, I never try to, you know, I don't stay out too late or something like this. You know, there's a lot of trust, and so so. I guess maybe because there's so much trust and I have so much freedom and I know I can do whatever I want, you know. Would it would that would that be just as easy to say? Mm-hmm. Would, could you still operate in that same feel of comfort be, mm-hmm. if you were in your late twenties? Would you say? Because because no, maybe not. Because I'm thinking, yeah. you know, in the fifties, and one thing I'm finding out is mm-hmm. I'm not as motivated anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I love to dance because I'm thinking this is awesome, but I'm thinking, hey man, I've been divorced a couple of times. Yeah, I've been around the block a few times. 
there's nothing, nothing's going to happen here between me and this person. And even if it does, it's going to be boring. And even yeah. if it's not boring, it's going to be painful. And even yeah. if it's not painful, you know, it's going to be costly. And even if it's not costly, it's not going to be worth it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You like, know what I mean? It's like when you're in your 50s, you kind of have that reflection. Well, you, you remember when you were in your 20s and you thought about people in their 50s uh, having sex, you're like, that's gross, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? And here you are. <laughs> and I think the same thing almost, by the way. Like, that's not what I used to yeah, have. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, I think, yeah, that, yeah. I think that's awesome. I, yeah. I think think mm-hmm. that um, you were mentioning something earlier about the ballroom world being really small, especially the social community world, which is what where we run into circles and, and we run into each other. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, one thing I've always been apprehensive about is once you start dating someone or show interest in dating someone, mm-hmm. um, it's going to get around really quick. So I've always figured get it over with as fast as possible. Uh-huh. Like if you can close the escrow in 24 hours, uh-huh. you know, because <laughs> then after that you have to wait 24 weeks before you find out that, you know, they're going to speak bad about you because they didn't like the experience. I'm thinking, well, mm-hmm. I'd rather just give up 24 hours of my life in 24 weeks. Well, I've certainly had some dance students where when we split off the dancing, uh, it was almost as if I had split up with someone who was in a relationship with me. People can be very serious about, you know, the, their dance relationship. And, you know, I, one of the problems I sometimes have as a dance teacher is, you know, I have women giving me gifts and I've kind of learned to be very suspicious of that now. You know, when the gifts start coming, they are, they're expecting a little bit more, you know. And that can get me into a, a very unhealthy situation with a student when really they're paying me to dance. You know, so I try to make... Yeah, hey, I, hey we just say everything else has to be extra. you got to pay you a lot more. I understand what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well... I'm I'm kidding. I have joked I'm with, kidding. I have joked with my wife where I say, um, I'm I'm going to go dancing with such and such, this sure. person, and uh, you know I'll be home about ten thirty or eleven unless. <laughs> <laughs> and she she obviously is not laughing. I think no no no, no because because uh, she she knows that you know <laughs> there's nothing going to happen. <laughs> yeah, well you know it's so I'll tell you an interesting story. A while back uh, there was this. A lady at uh, one of our dance venues, mm-hmm. and I was always quite smitten by her because of how she smiled. Mm-hmm. Her smile in her face, oh, I just always got me. But I never had a conversation with this person. Now this went on for probably about four years, mm-hmm. and uh, one year she decided to do a special performance, and so she, there she is on the mic, and that was the first time I actually got to hear her speak. Wow! So I recorded with my cell phone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I was just in the middle of breaking up with somebody at the time, and I thought, you know. In six months, if this person here is still available, I'm going to ask this person out for a date, right? Mm-hmm. That was my thinking. This happened a long time ago, of course. I might have had hair back then. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, to make a long story short, eventually we got to a point where we went out on a couple dates. And we said, oh, yeah, let's start being a couple. And I said, yeah, I wouldn't mind, blah, blah, blah. And then a couple of weeks go by. Not even that. I would say maybe seven, eight days go by. And uh, she texts me. <laughs> And she, I'm in Las Vegas, and she texts me that she thinks it's unfair for uh, her to be the way she is because I'm expecting a lot more. And, uh, you know, we, let's just be friends. I'm a super nice guy. She doesn't want to hurt me, so let's just go back to being friends. So she basically dumped me over a text. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking to myself, mm-hmm. God, in our age group, do we, do why? I would never, I've never done that. You know, whenever, yeah. I'm always willing to see the person no matter how uncomfortable it was for me. I was going to say something that's bad news. Mm-hmm. But this lady decided to do it this way. And then I thought, I don't know why I'm complaining. I really think she's kind of a bitch, to be honest with you. Yeah, maybe just, it's less but, work just to do the text. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so things definitely have changed. But uh, <clears throat> I, I think that, like you said earlier, whenever... This is a small little community. It really, really is. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I try to branch out. And, you know, I've got dancing in Monterey Park and Hacienda Heights and uh, sometimes in Garden Grove, sometimes in Atomic. And beyond dancing, I have friends in a lot of different places. So, you know, I, I, I don't want to put myself above other people, but just I have so many interactions with different people that if someone is not working out for me, I'm just going to be busy because I've got someone else that, that is worth my time. And I, I don't try to think negatively of the person that I don't have time for. It's just... I, I, I feel myself led to spend time with the people that are worthwhile to me, you know. That's what I meant earlier. I feel like, yeah. you know, wonder what is a kid, where you got this drive from, because, you, you know, you're a very youthful, well, people active drive adult. You. People drive you, you know. You, you start getting involved with people in different ways, and like, I need to be at the course on Sunday, 
You know, um, there's a restaurant on Saturday where there's all these Chinese people that want to talk to me. You know, I'm telling you, they you know. find you interesting, don't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. What's the number one thing they like to talk to you about, or what they ask you about? Uh, in 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 the Chinese, um, I would say that there's a little bit more initial fascination with me, but then when it comes to the the conversation in the restaurant, it's not too exciting to my answer, but just. I spend a lot of time just trying to listen and understand and I, and get involved in their conversation where I can, but my thinking's not quite as fast in Chinese. So so I'm still working on being able to have better... But they, they I'd say the Chinese people really respect that someone took the effort to try to learn their language because it's not easy. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's the answer. With, with, with the current news status, with the current status between China and Russia and the United States, you, yeah. you've heard about this chatter about, yeah. okay, um, is there, if, is any of that climate affecting the conversation? Do you hear any of the Chinese talk about politics or, I mean, they're in a very safe place, aren't they? It's only, mainly Chinese people there, I assume, they're all speaking their own native language, oh, yeah. but they don't talk about politics, they don't talk about sure, what do. Trump's doing, yeah, I mean, talk, yeah, I, mean I mean, yet they're living in America, how does that have to, how do they reconcile that? How, how well, do you'd you... be surprised at some of the different uh, political opinions, but like, for example, some Chinese people that have been here a long time, they're very pro-Trump, surprisingly, and they, they, um, they don't want more Chinese immigrants to come here because they're very happy the way things are now. But then, you know, you look at some of the younger Chinese people and they're more against Trump and they because they maybe they're recent immigrants and they appreciate being able to come here and they don't want to wouldn't want to be stopped from going. And of course, there are also there are Chinese people who are very loyal to China and, you know, they, they don't like the trade war. But generally speaking, I don't think they blame Americans for this. You know, they're, they're more. And the people that live here in America especially understand. If you start talking about Chinese people who are overseas, they don't understand very well about what's going on with Trump. But if they live here, they understand pretty well, I think. Yeah. And now the the uh, prime minister of China has now declared himself to be in infinite Xi Jinping. power. Very nice. Uh, well, how do you feel about it? The guy's a dictator now. He's in charge all the time. Well... I think that's a little bit of a misconception about him being a, a supreme dictator because even though it seems like there it seems like that, you know, if he were to start doing a really bad job and became unpopular, there's a there's a, I forget how many people meet in the Communist Party, but they, it's organized by from every small town to big city. There's a little group of people. It's maybe ten thousand people. And or how many? And they they all come together for the Communist Party conference, and they talk. You just don't get to hear what they talk about publicly. But if somebody's not doing right, that that, that Communist Party's going to take care of things. So it, people are in a way represented in China. It, it's not quite what it seems. Yeah. Interesting. And what's the number one thing that you find they talk about at these restaurant uh, meetings when everyone gets to powwow? What, what do these are a common theme? Um, it just can't be about family, I'm sure. Yeah, I like to talk about number one things and common themes. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, you, you've used the you, you're using that word over and over. I'm trying to think. Okay, what is the number one thing? Yeah, I mean, we need a top ten things. Well, how about the top three things? I mean, you're you're yeah. listening for the we most talk, part, yeah. and you're saying it's not okay. they're not that politically involved. You're saying all those some are pro Trump, some are anti Trump. Well, well, sometimes we talk. What's, what's the biggest thing they ever talk about? The most the food. Yeah, yeah I, I would say we yeah, we talk about the food, and we talk about um, you know we gossip about each other. Um, I'm, uh, we, about the Chinese language, you know, I've learned some of the slang words that are inter- that are fun to to use. Thus, uh, is like uh, somebody who shows off, uh, you know. So there's just I, I I mostly just try to survive and be able to talk to them in conversation, and you know we talk about the language. I'd, I'd say that's the number one thing. Yeah. Do you think this is gonna uh, end up going somewhere with you? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Any ideas? Yeah, that with this men's course, I uh, will be going probably to Vienna later this year, for example. So that's a cool thing, you know. And I won't have to pay, you know. I'll get to go to Vienna. Yeah. Wow, that's really awesome. Just because you're gonna be singing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly what the plan is, but I know based on the information I've learned about what they've done in previous years, we'll be doing something pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I'm glad to hear that. And I totally just remember that I haven't asked you about one of the things I've been really wanting oh, yeah. to ask you about, and that is social dancing in the sense, how does it get out more? How does it become exposed to more to more people? How do we get more people involved? How, will Are the masses truly interested in getting involved or participating in something like this, or are they content 
staying at home and watching Dancing with the Stars, or so you think you can dance, or you know, the next big talent on the air. I mean, well, what, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I don't see an influx of of youth or just normal families, normal anyone family, mm-hmm. getting involved in any of the social density events. Now I have theories on that, mm-hmm. but you know, dancing TV shows have been on for over a decade, and yet things are not. You know, um, yeah, I think I think uh, there's there's a number of factors, but the business model and, and lacking a good business model is probably the number one reason why uh, dance studios aren't successful. Um, so if you if you look at what's happened in our economy, first of all, you've seen a lot of uh, increase of wealth among the very rich wealthy, and then the average person doesn't have as much money for just regular activities. But what happens as you have super rich people is they they take up all the time of the very good dance teachers, and then those very good dance teachers never bring it out to the masses. So so that's sort of a of a of a problem with the business model right now is you know the people who are wealthy take up the the good dance teachers and then there's nobody left to teach it to the masses. So, but there are models out there that are that are pretty successful. Um, you know, certainly. If we talk about only going after wealthy people, that's not going to be the what you're talking about here. I think you're talking about yeah, social dancing, where where just anybody can come dance and, and and it's fun for them. And what I've seen with that is usually because dance studios are so occupied with getting those wealthy clients and satisfying them, they they put by the wayside the things that would bring in the people because they don't need to. They have a few wealthy clients, but that can be I. You know, an, an experiment that I did, I've done before. If you just actually take a piece of paper, a flyer, and you put it in enough people's hands, wherever that flyer is, as long as it's in the same area, that people will show up to the studio. But nobody does that. Why not? I don't know. But 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 if if you if you were to tell enough people, here's a flyer, come dance, uh, they they will come. And you know, I did that. I remember a while ago, and um, you know, one student ended up spending tens of thousands of dollars at the studio and I spent two hours handing out flyers. I mean, how's that for, for, for return on investment? You know, two hours and you got tens of thousands of dollars because you handed a fly, put a flyer in the right person's hand. Well, well, let me ask you this. You know, Atomic Ballroom, for example, has been having uh, social dance parties every Saturday and every Monday night. And it's been going on for, you know, over 10 years. Yeah. I think Monday nights have been going on for almost five years. I'm not really sure on these numbers. Yeah. I could be off by a year or two. But, it's you know, it's not... A couple months here. It's quite a while. You have to look at what they do and a couple things they do, and I'm sure I don't know everything they do, but they're on meetup.com. They're on Groupon. Uh, they're, they're, they, they have a lot of ways of bringing in new people. That's the, ca- that's the key to having a good social studio is having methods to bring in new people that work consistently. Well, the, here's where I disagree with everything because I don't see 500 people at these parties I don't see a Wednesday night party to handle the overflow. I don't see massive New Year's Eve events with all these brand new people that are being produced every month for the last five years through digital media or social media. I don't see people staying or retaining. I don't see the, 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 the cheapskates that come and don't want to pay more than $10. $10? A studio has to provide all this for you, and they've been having $10 fee admission prices for 25 years. Yeah, I mean, twenty five years ago, ten dollars wasn't too bad, but now t- today, ten bucks is not a whole lot. Yeah, and Monday nights is five dollars. Yeah, I, I was the first one to advocate you should have been charging fifteen dollars over ten years ago yeah. to keep up with. This is ballroom dancing. This isn't you know just come on down and put on some cheap shoes and hopefully a man will you know mop mm-hmm. you around the floor. That's not what this is. This is this yeah. is supposed to be a decorum and we're supposed to have a, a cool vibe established where people are classy. And they're mingling, but instead it feels like a buff- a buffet where you're paying five or ten bucks and trying to get as many dances as you can before the time slots over with. Mm-hmm. That's what I see, and I'm saying I'm not having an issue with how marketing is being executed. I'm having an issue with. I thought it was the business models, but now in the last couple of years, I'm thinking I think it's the clientele. Why are these ladies, for example, that are coming to these parties? How come they're not supporting some of the more elegant events? Because we don't have the Nixon Library dance anymore. People weren't. Yeah. First of all, it was mismanaged, in my opinion, because they were charging way too much for that. But number two, um, you know, 
I think it's the lack of support by the people that are participating. Everyone that comes to a Saturday night or a Monday could bring somebody who is going to fall in love with this, and it only costs them ten or fifteen dollars. Right, right. But they don't do that. I don't. I don't see that. Well, I, th- I think it's a, still a similar case where you, even Atomic, even though they they're one of the best with getting the social dancers in there. Well, I don't know. I would say they're the only ones because they're yeah. the only ones around. I don't know if yeah. the best meeting. I mean, what's their competition? Um, Zero. No. Yeah. So so, but but they still because they're in Orange County, they have those wealthy clients. So so they don't have to work too hard because they they have a, they have the money coming in already. There's they're not they're not they're not hungry. Well, I will agree with you on this. I have seen that the most talented teachers, like you said earlier, don't want to have a business work model that they have to get paid only when they teach. That's going to get tiring for them. The body can only handle so much. And they also have their own competitive careers. Yeah, and, and so, so I agree with you. That's only going to produce so much. And then on the other hand, why is a studio going to go out of their way to lose focus on those rich clients when, with the higher profit margins when they can focus their um, their energies on trying to bring as many of the masses in for the Saturday night social dancing, for yeah, example. But, but nobody's paying money for that. But, but I, you know, another thing I'll say is I, I, I'm going to guess that the instru- the average instructor at Atomic makes twenty five to thirty five dollars per hour. Thirty five being the top. Uh, I agree. Yeah. If I had a guess. Yeah, and now they're charging the clients somewhere eighty plus per private lesson. So they're doing very good with those clients. They're making plenty of money. There's there's plenty of opportunity there. So, you know, just to demonstrate, like you and I both, uh, we will go down to the party and we can charge anywhere from 50 to 75, somewhere in that range for for one hour of dancing, which which is means we're earning a lot more than their teachers are, are earning. So that's an indicator that there's something that could be capitalized on and people, you know, more money could be going to the teachers Instead of to the school. So I used to think like that, which is what made me leave Arthur Murray. I was only Arthur Murray for a couple of months. And yeah. when I found out that we were getting paid minimum wage per hour, mm-hmm. unless we taught a lesson, then we get paid between 8 and 10 and 12, depending yeah. on our, our mm-hmm. certification. But if what you made per hour on a teacher uh, basis, to, like if you say, let's say you only taught 10 lessons mm-hmm. and you got 10 bu- 12 bucks per lesson. Yeah. Well, you only got 120 for being there for 40 hours. Right. Well, that's not more than your minimum wage, so we'll give you minimum wage. Because that'll give you more money because you got paid per, at least for every hour you were there. Yeah. Regard, if the client is paying ninety five dollars a unit, now they're paying one twenty. The standard unit is one hundred twenty bucks for like forty minutes yeah, of time, right? Yeah. Teachers are only getting between minimum wage and fifteen bucks. Yeah, and this yeah. is at Arthur Murray, right? Yeah. And they're keeping the majority of the money, right? Yet they're the only ones that are successful on, in the market. They're the ones that are sponsoring Dancing with the Stars. They're the only ones that yeah. constantly seem to produce profits. Yeah. Not all the other studios. And yet these guys never have a Friday night party. Arthur Marie will never have a Saturday party. They'll never open up their studio to the general masses or the public. Well, what does that tell you? Maybe it's the masses. Well, it has, it has, a, lot, it has a lot to do with the uh, differences of income levels. And yeah, so so these studios know that they can go after the the higher income level people that will dance. Sure. And then that doesn't. That, then it's what can we say? I'll use a southern term. That's slim pickings for everybody else, isn't it? It is, and that's what I mean. I'm saying maybe Arthur Murray knows something we don't know because I've tried to solve this puzzle a long time ago. The masses, you know, they just want to be left alone and just be involved in slim picking events. They don't want to worry about hashing out 120 bucks for dinner just to get in the front door and then maybe participate in dancing. All these guys that are going to Arthur Murray, for example, they have their own events. Most of them, like other independent dance studios, have to do with showcasing yeah. and competition. I, and I understand that and I get that. Yeah. But why isn't any of this crossing over to the social dance world? Why aren't these yeah. people coming out in groves on a Saturday night because well, they love dancing I mean, so much? It's, it's, a, it's a good question, but, you know... I've never been one to believe in trying to reinvent the wheel. And as soon as I see a really good wheel, then I'll follow that one. But, I, you know, I've been all around the country. I've been at many studios, and I've seen how they run. And I, I don't see anybody who's reinvented the wheel. So, so, I mean, until I see a business model that would involve bringing in the masses... I don't see any reason that I would want to try to invent one myself. I'm just wasting my time. I, w- I wait to find the right business. When I see it, then we can try to copy that. You know? Well, for 20 years, I tried reinventing the wheel. Yeah. I tried taking the best of every dance studio and finding out why masses com- don't come in. And if they do come in, how come they don't stay? And if they do stay, how can we keep them longer? And I found out the last couple of years that the reason why 
it's always going to fail is because the masses don't want to do it anymore. Well, yeah. That's what I truly yeah, believe in. The, it, but it, but it, the, the, what I first said, and I still believe in what I said, is direct contact with people, maybe putting a flyer in their hands. Nobody does that. And that's the problem. We all want to be lazy and be online and, and hope people come in. We'll, we'll get a good Google rankings or we'll make an ad or we'll use Facebook. But if, if there were more direct giving out flyers, giving saying, I want you to come, people will come. I, I know it happens. I know it works. Well, we'll have to talk about this later. We're running out of time. I hate to sign off so fast. Uh, David Duvall, thank you so much for being our special guest here on Full-Blooded Podcast. My name is Mr. X. David, sign off for us. Okay, have a good one. See you next time. <laughs> See you next time. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.